Hello and welcome to the Thrive Online Podcast. This is our sermon series podcast and I wanted to thank you for joining us today. As we get going, I wanted to say that whether you are tuning in today from the car, the gym, or even your work or home, we pray that today's message inspires you and that it gives you hope and builds your faith. So let's lean in, turn up the volume, and get excited as we get ready to learn today. Hey, well, good morning, Thrive. It is so great to be back together as imperfect people becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world once again. And I wanna jump right in and read a scripture that's gonna help shape our conversation for today. Would you join me as I read Revelation 3, 15 and 16? I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Today, we are starting a brand new series called Switch. And the series is, is going to address some of the mental health issues that many of us deal with. And, um, and we're going to see how our spiritual life can actually help us switch our mindset and our spiritual trajectory. Now, I want to start by saying this, that we as a church acknowledge that mental health cannot be minimized by simply saying, just pray and let God deal with it. Well, none of that statement is false, it can come across as very insensitive to those who are in the middle of a mental health battle. And, and if you've experienced this response in the church, I want to apologize and say sincerely that your experience matters and that you do not have to go through this alone. The sad truth is the church as a whole has not always approached mental health in the, in the healthiest of ways. And so my hope is this, that as we talk about this for the next five weeks, we as a church will be better and do better when it comes to supporting those who are struggling. Amen? Now, I think it's important for us to make some things perfectly clear as we approach some of these very real struggles for the next five weeks. Uh, I want us to understand that we believe that counseling is important for everyone. We believe that medication can be helpful for some. And we believe that we serve a God who can walk with us through our struggles. And we also believe that God can completely, miraculously heal. Because we're not psychologists here at Thrive, we, we cannot speak from a medical point of view. And I'm not going to kind of try to dive too deeply into that because we might get into the weeds a little bit. But what I can do is, and I can confidently say, is that we can speak to these issues from a spiritual point of view. And I believe the health of our spiritual life directly affects our emotional, physical, and mental health. That if we are spiritually healthy, it will help us in every other area. I also know that we're going to need the Holy Spirit. We're going to need the Holy Spirit to do more speaking during this time than we do. He's the one that Jesus sent to be our spiritual counselor. And so I'm going to pray right now and ask that he would speak clearly and that our ears would be in tune with what he's saying so that we can receive from him today. So, would you join me as we pray? Holy Spirit, we know that you are here with us. We're two or more gathered together. Your presence is there and it is moving, it is active. You're speaking to us, you're comforting us, you're guiding us, and you're counseling us. But sometimes, Holy Spirit, we struggle to really listen and obey. So would you help to open our ears to your voice and lead us? Would you give us the courage to obey when you give us the steps to take to switch how we think. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Well, I'm curious. I'm curious. Has anyone else here ever had the wind knocked out of them? <laughs> ever had the wind knocked out of you? Like, like someone hits you right in the solar plex. It's like, boom, right there in the middle of your chest. And it feels like all of the oxygen in your lungs just explodes out of you and you cannot breathe. Now, I personally have only had this happen to me one time, but I remember it vividly. Uh, I was before school. Uh, one time I was chasing a friend who had done something to me that I didn't like. And so I was chasing him. He tripped and then I tripped. And as he tripped, he rolled over and I came down and his knee came up and hit me right in the chest. Whew. I got to tell you, it, that was probably the most excruciating pain that I have ever endured. I remember my eyesight kind of dimming because I wasn't getting enough oxygen. I remember that everything seemed to kind of slow down around me. My whole body kind of went numb. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. All I could think about was trying to get breath in my lungs. Now, I don't remember how long it took, but eventually I was able to take some breaths and I began to see and feel and move again. Maybe you've never experienced that kind of uh, wind being knocked out of you, but maybe I wonder if some of you have had the spiritual wind knocked out of you. Uh, like something happened in your life that kind of sucked you in the stomach, spiritually speaking. Maybe it was a negative health diagnosis and it just kind of sucked you in the stomach. Maybe it was a, a being surprisingly laid off or fired and not seeing it coming. And now all of a sudden your world is upside down. Maybe it could be a relationship you thought was strong. You thought was moving forward, a, a relationship you thought was tied and tight, but because of things that have been said and things have been done, now there's a fracture. Now there's, and there's an emptiness and you feel like the wind has been knocked out of you. You were just sailing along and then all of a sudden you had the wind taken out of your sails and now you feel like you're just floating in the doldrums of life. Maybe it seems like God is nowhere to be found. And so you kind of just give up on trying to even find him. Your vision that God has for you begins to grow dim. The passion you once had seems to have left your body and you just feel numb to the things of God. Or maybe you have lived as a Christian for a long time and the religion of your faith is really all that you have. You don't feel a sense of closeness to God. You just kind of go through the motions. You say the prayers, you read the Bible, you come sit here at church, you do all the right things, but there's no passion. You have no vision the passion for knowing God is gone. The vision for what he's called you to seems to have faded and you just feel numb spiritually. You're not spiritually on fire, but you haven't completely given up on your faith. You're just kind of sitting in neutral. This numb feeling is called apathy. Apathy and apathy has its root in the Greek. The word pathos which means life or passion. And so apathy is the lack of passion. Apathy is life with no passion. And the truth is apathy can be a total normal response to a negative thing that happens. When something happens to you, it's totally normal for us to have a moment or have a, a few days or even a week where we just feel numb. We feel like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to move forward. I just feel numb. I don't want to get up. I don't want to actually, I don't feel anything. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I'm, I can't feel joy. I don't feel anger. I'm just kind of numb to everything. But in most cases, what happens with apathy is that it, it kind of fades and, and we're able to pick ourselves back up and take some steps and move forward. 
But in some cases, apathy isn't just a response. It actually becomes an attitude that clouds and distorts our worldview and how we move through it. When you or I are living in spiritual apathy, we become numb to the beauty and the opportunity of the world and full life that God has for us. Everything we see and experience just becomes mundane. It is what it is. We don't see God doing miraculous things in our lives. We don't see him moving. The sacred and the special that once gave us awe for God now barely moves our spiritual needle. Things like sunrises and sunsets, glorious mountaintops covered with snow, right? Things like, things like a deep love for someone or even delicious food, like experiencing that and being like, God, I am so thankful for taste buds, right? Like, God, I'm so thankful for beautiful, beautiful food that I can eat and consume. Oh, it's so wonderful. I'm so thankful for the flowers that you've put in my yard and even the weeds, God, because even they can kind of be beautiful. Like we, we just have lost the awe that we have. And so what has bec- what, what's happened is this, in our spiritual life, those things have become profane to us or common. They no longer have a place of honor. We no longer see them as blessings from God. We see them as just things that are. And what we need to do is learn to switch our mindset to see them once again as a gift from God. What happens when we allow apathy to flourish in our minds is that everything we do ends up being mediocre. When apathy becomes a mindset and it begins to affect even our spirit, Everything we do becomes mediocre. Excellence is not an option for the apathetic. This includes in our spiritual life. Our marriages become mediocre. Our parenting is mediocre. Our friendships are mediocre. Our work, everything about life is just blah. It's just mediocre. It's just lukewarm. But God has made us for excellence. God has made us to experience excellence. And I wonder today if anyone has ever experienced what I'm talking about. And maybe you've experienced this kind of spiritual apathy and you've come out the other side and you, you can speak to it and you can say, yes, that was a difficult time, but man, this is how God helped me through. And it could be that maybe even some of you today are wondering, am I walking in spiritual apathy right now? You're starting to wonder, You're starting to think about how your life is being lived. You know that maybe you've moved beyond just a a moment or reaction to something that has happened in your life into a more permanent worldview that shapes how you see and experience everything that God has for you. And when you think about what God has for you, nothing stirs you. So what we want to do is take some time in this series to give you tools to help you make the switch in your spirit that we believe can help you overcome and thrive once again in your spiritual life. And I believe that when that happens, it will actually affect your emotional life, your physical life, and your mental life. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's helpful for me to look back at how I ended up somewhere that I didn't want to be so that I can avoid getting there again, right? Anybody else there? You like, you kind of go, that is not the way I want to go to that destination again, right? 
And so for the next couple of minutes, what I want to do is talk with you about how maybe you've gotten to the point spiritually where you're just numb to the things of God. And then we'll address how we can position ourselves for a switch from apathy to spiritual passion. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about living with spiritual apathy. John the Apostle probably wrote the most famous verse about spiritual apathy. I want to read it again. We read it at the beginning, but I want to read it again. He said this, and this was a letter that he was writing on behalf of Jesus to the church. We find it in Revelation. He says, I know all things, all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now the dictionary defines lukewarm as this, showing little zeal or indifference. So in a way you could say it this way, <laughs> but since you have spiritual apathy, I will spit you out of my mouth. How did the Laodicean church get to this point? How did some of you get to the point where you are? Let's be clear. Spiritual apathy is more than just missing a devotion or two. It's more than just forgetting to pray on a day or two. It's not just having a few off days or occasionally feeling like God seems distant. A believer with spiritual apathy doesn't care about their spiritual life. And here's the real dangerous thing. They don't care that they don't care. To gauge if you might be moving into this kind of phase of spiritual apathy where it's beyond just kind of a day or two of just kind of ignoring God or forgetting about God and it's moved into this kind of mindset, this kind of lifestyle of just being numb to the things of God. What I want to do is I want to ask you some questions and, and I want you to answer for yourself if this is true about you or not. First question is this, have I traded the truth about God for a lie? Like it talks about in Romans chapter 125. Are you disregarding what the scriptures say about God and creating your own false image of him? Have you misdefined who God is in your life and in your mind and in your heart? Do you see God as he really is? Second question, have I closed my mind and hardened my heart? Like it says in Ephesians 4.18, do you avoid prayer? and emotionally connecting with God? Do you avoid all vulnerability with God and refuse to build intimacy with him? The third question you could ask is this, am I leaning on my own understanding? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says that, talks about that. So have you stopped seeing God and how he's working and moving in your life? Are you ignoring when God moves? Are you attributing the things of God to the things of this world? Are you, are you saying things like, well, karma, <laughs> that's karma. Oh, oh, look at all the good things I did. It's, and what goes around comes around, right? Are you attributing the things that God is doing that bless you to the things of this world, things that maybe you think you've accomplished? The difficulty is this, that while all of these things are happening in us and, and to us, we can still be going to church, we can still be participating in Bible studies and, and, and praying with people, leading our small groups. But we've become what Paul described to Timothy, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's one of the most dangerous places we can be in as Christians because we're telling the world we're one thing, but we're showing the world something different. We're telling ourselves that we're one thing, but we're actually not living what we say. So how do we keep from walking in spiritual apathy? How do we get the wind back in our spiritual sails? How do we get the breath back in our spiritual lungs? How do we begin to live out 
of our spiritual passion again. The other day I was sitting at home with our youngest Silas and uh, I was working on this message and Silas was, was watching Coco Melon. Yeah. Now, if you're not familiar with Coco Melon, it's kind of like this generation Sesame Street. Okay. And, uh, and I don't know what it is about this show full of simple songs, but it's like instant melanin, right? Like I turn it on and he just calms down and he sits and he watches and he stares at the screen and listens to the music. Every once in a while, I see him kind of dancing and, and bobbing his head, right? And I'll be honest, I'll be perfectly honest with you. There have been times when I've turned it on and I have fallen asleep, right? Like it's, it's just that calming, right? It's just, it's kind of that numbing. I just kind of sit there and zone out, right? So there I am humming along to Baby Shark and I'm kind of zoned out trying to work but having a hard time getting motivated and all of a sudden someone knocks on the door. <laughs> so here's my question for you. I, I believe there's two types of people in this room today and I kind of just want to get a survey. Um, how many of you, when you hear a knock on the door, you immediately get up and go answer the door? Show of hands. How many of you guys, just, you're, you get up, you answer the door, right? Like, doesn't matter if you're expecting someone, not expecting someone. If someone knocks on the door, you answer it, okay? Great. Now, uh, how many of you, being honest, just be real with me, how many of you, the moment the door is knocked on, you go and hide or you immediately go to a, a, a window and check to see who's at the door? Now, some of you might be fancy, fancy people and you have like ring light, you know, and you've got the ring thing and you can see the people right from your, from your seat. But, but there's probably two types of people, the people that answer right away and the people that hide and, and stay where they're at, right? Now, here's my observation. Either way, the knock on the door motivated action. It caused you to respond. It caused you to kind of wake up, for your heart to race, for there to be this excitement once again, right? When we're living in spiritual apathy, we're numb and unmotivated. We don't want to move. We're kind of just zoned out spiritually, sitting on the couch of apathy, so to speak. We're a lot like the church in Laodicea that I mentioned earlier, the one that was lukewarm. They had lost their passion and their dependency on God because by their account, they had all that they needed. So why would they need more of God? They had all they needed. They were content with what they had of God. So what does Jesus say to his church as we go further down in that passage and we look a little bit deeper in Revelation 3.20, it says this, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on the throne. Jesus was trying to snap his church out of the apathy. He was trying to wake them up just as I believe the Holy Spirit today is trying to snap you out of your spiritual apathy. Now, some of us might be at different stages in that. Some of us might be fully on fire for God. And I'm so thankful for you. But many of us struggle to stay fired up, to stay passionate about this life we have in Christ. Jesus is trying to move us to action. Action is the antithesis of apathy. Jesus is trying to stir up passion. Passion is the answer for apathy. Jesus is knocking to wake you up and snap you out of where you're at. He is knocking and speaking. It's me, Jesus. 
Remember who I am and all that I have for you and all that I've done for you. Open your heart to me. Let me come in and share a meal with you. Let's be intimate again. Let's talk with one another again. Let's share our hearts with one another. Let me show you. Let me show you how I am working on your behalf. Even in the midst of your struggle, even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of you having the wind knocked out of your sails, know that I am working for you and with you. Jesus is trying to get you up off the couch of apathy today. He's knocking at your heart's door, calling you back to a life of intimacy with him again. If you have felt distant from God, get up and move toward him. The Bible says this, come close to God and he will come close to you. If you're feeling distant, change your position, get up and move. Spend time in the word in a different place, in a different way. If you felt numb for the things of God, you could pray something like this, restore to me the joy of my salvation and, and grant a willing spirit to sustain me. Have you felt the burden of life without Jesus at the center? Then you could repent and you could, you could come to Jesus, a weary and burdened person, and know that he will give you rest. He will lift that burden from you. If your spiritual life has fallen into a rut, of the expected that leaves you feeling empty and uninspired for the things of God, Jesus is calling you to a life of the unexpected. He wants to give you unexpected joy, unexpected passion, unexpected vision, unexpected healing, unexpected purpose. He wants you to ex expect the unexpected in your life because God is always working. Jesus is knocking and trying to get those of us here who are slowly moving into spiritual apathy to get up, to wake up, to stop being numb to the things of God, to wake up spiritually, to change our spiritual position. And maybe that means some of you change where you sit on Sunday mornings just to kind of get a different perspective, meet some new people, see the world from a different view. Maybe for some of you, that means just kind of breaking from the norm of where you, the, the church leaves and you just walk out the doors. Maybe you take time and get to know somebody for 10 minutes. Maybe you schedule a time to have coffee with someone. Maybe you come to the women's gathering on Tuesdays or you start coming to the men's gathering on Monday nights, but you do something different. Maybe Jesus is asking you to encourage someone. Maybe in the midst of your numbness, God is asking you to find something positive about someone else and begin to encourage them. Because here's what happens when we encourage. Here's the principle that God has taught us in his word, that what we give, we receive in multiple. What we give out to others, we receive in blessing from God. It's planting a seed and then seeing all the fruit from that seed. And so if we plant a seed of encouragement, we will be encouraged. If we plant a seed of love, we'll receive love. And so Jesus might be asking you to wake up means that you need to just do something different. Take action. Get off the couch of apathy. Friends, if you identify with one of these warning signs that lead to spiritual apathy in your own life and are wondering if it's too late to make a switch from apathy to passion. Remember this truth. God always gives us a way to escape the enemy's trap. God always gives us an opportunity to grow in our trust of him. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 13. It says, each test is an opportunity to trust him more. 
For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way to escape that will bring you out victoriously. Now, I don't know about you, but it's hard to be victorious and be numb at the same time. Amen? And so God is creating a way for you to get out of this trap that the enemy is trying to keep you in. Because if you stay numb in your spiritual life, you're not able to do the things that God has called you to do. So to make the switch from apathy to passion, we need to open the door to Jesus. Whatever that means for you, what does it mean to open the door for Jesus in your life? What do you need to do differently? What action do you need to take today? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Here's the thing I know that will work to break the hold of spiritual apathy. We've talked about it the last month. We talked about this idea of praying powerful, specific prayers. And so here's a prayer that you could pray. You could pray specifically for God to renew your passion and ignite your purpose. Pray for him to renew your passion and ignite your purpose and God will respond. I believe that there are some here today who are very spiritual and I believe that you searched high and low in every kind of worldly place to find anything to wake you up to something spiritually real. And I want you to know Jesus, God's one and only son, came to earth, born of a virgin, Mary. He, he lived a sinless life. He suffered and died on the cross and was raised back to life on the third day to prove his power over sin and death. And he sits next to the father advocating for you and for me that this Jesus stands at the door of your heart and is knocking. He's asking if he could come in and have relationship with you. The Savior wants to be close to you. He wants to sit with you and be friends with you. He, he's not far off. He's not cold toward you. He's not distant and out there. He is right by you and he's knocking at your heart's door. He is calling out, would you let him in? And today you could change the trajectory of your life with one simple prayer. And if you would say, yes, Jesus, I invite you in. I want to be your disciple. I want you to be my savior and to be the Lord of my life. If, you're, if you want that kind of thing to happen for you today, if you want to change your dead life, your numb life, for a life of passion and a life of holiness where you'll never be the same again, you'll go, with, go from living a dead life in sin to a life alive in Christ. If that's you today, I want to ask you to say this prayer along with me. And I want to invite all of Thrive to pray this as we close our time together today. Repeat these words. Heavenly Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, just know that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to breathe life into your spirit in a new way. And I believe that, that as we respond to what the Holy Spirit has said to us today, if you find yourself saying yes to one of those questions, yeah, yeah, I'm allowing myself to drift into apathy spiritually, Today is the day to make a difference. Today is the day to act. And so I want to encourage you as the worship team plays this, this song that's going to come on in just a moment, I want to encourage you to reflect and to think about what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. Because I truly believe this, if our spiritual life 
is solid in Christ, it will positively affect our physical, emotional, and mental health. And we want everyone to walk in health. Amen? Let's continue to worship this morning. Hey, thanks again for joining us for Thrive Online this week. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com and fill out a connection card. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online Podcast.